connection needs to be worked on. And honestly, I look uh, since you're talking about the past, I think the uh, the threat level changed as well because I would say that whenever we got more into civil rights, uh, granted you did have um, the viewpoints of Malcolm uh, Malcolm and Martin. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm was definitely about let me protect my family because there's always that infamous pose that you see where he's about to be assassinated in his own house. Right, right, we'll, right. We'll get into that a little bit later on, but you know, he was clearly for the Second Amendment, just like the Black Panthers were and so on and so forth. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But it it seemed like over the years, especially now, uh, let's just say previously 2019, around maybe the 2018 area, and maybe a little bit further back, but the threat level wasn't the same anymore because granted you did have racial crimes still being done, but they weren't as prevalent as they were back in the past. So maybe that's one reason why um, black people just decided, okay, we don't really need firearms as much. Now, granted, in some of the tougher areas, it could be different. Like, you know, your Detroit's, your Flint, Michigan's, those mm-hmm. areas, it mm-hmm. could be different because I guarantee you there were probably a lot more people around there that felt like they needed a firearm. But I, I, I also feel like we ended up relying too much on the church. Not saying that the church is a bad thing, but I always look at prayer like this. If I can pray about it, then I can do something about it. But for the stuff that I can't do, I leave that to prayer. But you can't just pray and be like, oh, God's going to take care of it. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, you got all this stuff in front of you to prevent all the craziness from happening. You're like, nope, nope. All I need is Jesus. Hey, when I get somebody that's, um, I call them my church friends. Hey, I, I, I say, well, you know what? In the Bible, it clearly states, "Thy rod, rod and thy staff, they comfort me." And and I say, you know what? My rod and my staff is yeah, this Glock right here <laughs> and that AR right there. You know, so yeah, that's my rod and my staff. And then you know, even my my pastor um, uh, has let me know uh, recently that hey, he's ready to get his sec- his um, concealed weapons license. I'm like, you know. There's nothing that says that um, men of the cloth, uh, I don't care what um, religion you are, says that you can't get a gun. Okay, yeah, I mean, you you have the right to protect yourself. And if you got the right to protect yourself, hey, you know, by any means you need to, because this is not the same world that, you know, that, um, that the Bible was written in. It's a whole different world now. So right. you, know, you have to understand that. So and, and the shepherds got to protect their flock somehow. I mean, exactly. even in the Bible, when you saw the image of the the shepherd herding the sheep, he had a long stick. I don't think he was going to shoo the wolf away with uh, harsh language and, and good intentions. You know, that stick was meant for something. Right. Exactly. And you know, I, I just you know, I just like to let you know people know that hey, you know, you don't have to be labeled a bad person to own a gun uh i mean do bad people own guns yes but you know not every person that owns a gun is a bad person so you know i always let them know that hey you know um be that good person with the gun you know be that that spiritual person with the gun you can still be spiritual and a good person and and you know law-abiding citizen you know, and again, there are 
most law-abiding citizens never even have to shoot their um, gun in self-defense, you know? But it's always that one in a million times that it could happen, and you just want to make sure that you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't, what's definitely going to set us back is the fact that if we got that one, well, I don't even know if you can consider it one in a million, but you always got that one person that's willing to shoot they shot every single time because they're the ones that mainly end up on the news exactly. uh, it, and that doesn't really doesn't really matter uh, as far as what the color is it's like anytime something crazy happens especially regarding the second amendment or firearms or whatever mm-hmm. it's going to end up in the news and it's always aimed at being too, uh, negative but you never really hear too much as far as the positive like uh the the older guy down in Texas that went to church and he prevented somebody from, um, from, uh, cause I think somebody was, was going in there to, with the intent to try and harm people with, uh, with the weapon. So it yeah. just so happened this dude was in the pulpit and he had his old school revolver and he prevented that. Now the average person would look at that and say, Oh, he's a heathen. He's a sinner. He's got a firearm. He, he brought a firearm to the church. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you want to play, ironically enough, devil's advocate, one could say that that man was put there by God in order to protect his own people, his own flock. There so. you go. There you go. I mean, but you know, the reason why um, you have to look at the media because most media is left-leaning. So they're going to always um, make it seem as though um guns are a bad thing and they're always going to put that gun owner in a negative light so that's just something until they change uh um uh, where media is portrayed that's always going to be like that yeah speaking of, of uh true speaking of uh putting them putting gun owners in negative light do you think the uh nfac has influenced growth amongst black people as far as firearm ownership um I think it did uh both negative and positive. Um you have to look at it as this. Even when I first found out about them, I I know uh people in in actually NFAC. I said, hey, you know what? It's good to do it, but also you can't go out there and, you know, threatening people, uh, intimidating people, you know, that's not what it should be. Okay. I'm not sure if that's what they were doing, uh, but I can actually tell you that I did see certain instances where, you know what, hey, they were actually, you know, uh, uh, intimidating some people. Also, you got to understand the playing field that you in. Um, and there's always going to be an entity that's going to try to bring you down. Now, from what I've understood, and I can't, don't quote me on this, but they started imploding internally, you know? Because, you know, it's always, you know, the first thing that when law enforcement is looking at, okay, who's bankrolling these people? How are they able to do this? Okay. 
And normally the best way to go ahead and get somebody to turn against another guy, pay that guy and you don't get paid. Or pay that guy more and you don't get paid as much, you know. Uh, also, you have a lot of people that want to be in the limelight, okay. you in, With the NFAC, you are only looking at one person. Well, if you got um, a group within and they're trying to get that limelight as well, there's going to be friction, okay. Uh, and then we see what happened. Um, you know, then you have to be also careful on every move that you make. Okay. We can see how easily that they were torn down by, you know, what happened to their leader. Uh, once they, you know, with law enforcement, their, their thing is once you cut the head, the snake gonna die. Okay. So we haven't really heard much from them or anything at all from them since what last year. Yeah, I'd say so. And I I think you might be right as far as the internal uh, struggle because uh, I think at one point Grandmaster Jay got rid of one of his lieutenants. And um, it seems like ever since Grandmaster Jay went, uh, was actually blocked, I guess you could say, from social media, mm -hmm. now it's kind of like you've got other people trying to pick up the scraps. And, you know, I'm not saying this with all confidence i mean i could i'm definitely willing to admit i'm probably wrong or I, I might be right about it either way you know it's just my take on it but just like any internal issue you've got people that want to be the head of the organization yep. and they're willing to do anything necessary in order to get there so what may have been something that was supposed to be geared towards positivity is now something that's uh, a literal vacuum that's open for a power grab so there you go. You know, so it's it always happens with any type of uh, oh yeah, any type of group like this. Yeah, yeah. I think they did that with um, the Black Panthers. You know, um, uh, even uh, uh, the Nation uh, of Islam. Uh, you know, with Malcolm X. So you got to think, man. You know, historically, you know, it, it, it was you had a blueprint of what not to do. Okay, but you went ahead and did it anyway. So, but I would be lying to you to tell you that I didn't feel proud at a moment when I saw them guys marching in Stone Mountain. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, man, I'm witnessing history. I I, I actually, at the, at the moment, I actually um, had that up there as to when Barack Obama was elected for a presidency. I mean, never in my life would I ever thought I would have saw a black president and never in my life would I ever would have thought I would have saw a black, all black militia group walking down the streets of the Atlanta area, you know, and nothing being done with them. You know, I never thought that in my lifetime, but as things go, go. I mean, you know, you, you got to have competent leadership uh, first and foremost. Before, if you're going to have any type of organization that is going to um, uh, uh, display um, themselves in that manner, so you got to have make sure that your leadership is locked solid tight. You want to make sure that you got attorneys that are locked solid tight 
because right. you're going to get people that are going to be tearing you down left and right, okay? So you want to make sure that you got all your eyes dotted again and T's cross, you know? Right. Um, and we can see where that, that wasn't necessarily the case with them. Now, keep in mind now, um, just the other day in the barbershop, we were talking about the Ahmaud Arbery jury processing uh, taking place, which is not far from where I live. And, you know, my question is, where the Black Panthers at like they were before? You know? Although, if you look back closely, um, you only saw two dudes there. And one of them had a gun. You know, so I'm like, man, where, where, where's all this at? Where's Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I got a, I got a job I got to keep, so I can't, I can't talk about BLM, but, uh, <laughs> Cause I, I've done some research. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, oh yeah, I, I've done it too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but as far as the Black Panthers, I mean, they there's splinter groups because there's actually a documentary on them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you got some splinter groups that do have the interests of Black people in mind, then you got some that they feel like all white people are evil, just kind of like you know, right. like the, the three percenters. You got from what I understand, you got some that aren't racist versus you got other groups, other three percenters that are racist. So, end of the day, I think they're ultimately looking out for, like most of these groups, their best interests. So, I don't think they're gonna go ahead and say we need to go ahead and go down to to uh, see what's going on with the Ahmed Arbery case. But that's one thing. Well, actually, a couple of things I'll throw at the NFAC because they they stayed on it. Whenever it came to trying to figure out what's going on with the case, uh, Grandmaster Jay actually went down to a couple of places to discuss these things. He actually went to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. He did. He followed up on his promises. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. I'll say he's uh, very charismatic. Even if he did have some issues as far as. Um, you know certain facts about firearms and whatnot but yeah uh and i'll admit i even listened to his uh facts over feelings podcast his more morning mental podcast and he's very charismatic um made some damn good points too but it's just a shame that you know everything went down the way it did right 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 and but you know at least maybe there may be another group in the future that may come out and may want to do it a different to have a different twist on it so you never know so i'm always um encouraged to, to know that hey you know uh, i'm glad to see that the young gen- younger generation uh is you know as we say quote unquote woke uh and you know they they're not willing to stand by and watch time repeat itself again. So that's the good thing there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I mean, it, it is good to see the younger generation trying to actually, oh God, I am part of the younger generation. I'm over here painting myself as I'm old, <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, as far as my generation goes, the millennials, zillennials, so on and so forth. It's great to see that they are trying to seek justice, but 
I also look at it like this, you know, because you always hear those sayings, all skin folk and kin folk, whatever, so on and so forth. Yeah. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But make sure the group that you back is actually for you and not secretly against you. That's that's all I'll say about that. Exactly. Do your research on everything. Just because it's black don't mean it's for you. It, there you go. I agree with you 100% on that. You know, and I, I would much rather work with people that have my best interest in mind in general based on the actions that they've taken in the past versus I'm hanging with my brother because he's black. Then all of a sudden, when your brother turns around and stabs you in the back, <clears throat> or in the case of your brother, when you go haywire and he's there trying to have your back, but he can't because you've done something so stupid, you know, that that has nothing to do with blackness. That just has everything to do with your own ignorance. Ignorance, exactly. Because I, I can tell you from workplace experience, I've seen multiple, I've been involved in multiple issues. One of them where I had to handle the, you know, not handle like you had to handle, you know, not, not like that, but right. you know, I, I had to handle the situation and this dude was looking at me and he said, I never thought in a million years, somebody that looks like me, somebody that's black would have been doing me like this. And meanwhile, <laughs> it's the lack of accountability. Meanwhile, he was the one that caused the whole entire situation caused it to escalate to a point where there was no coming back from it. And even the police got involved. Didn't want him to get involved because we were trying to calm this dude down, but he didn't want to calm down. Mm -hmm. So you got to look at the situation and you got to realize that if accountability happens, you need to figure out where you fall into play with that. And if you're around somebody who you know takes no accountability, then they definitely ain't for black society in general. You know, they're, they're using a it's like a game of Uno, you know. You got all the color cards in your hand, but you're trying to play them whenever it's it's convenient for you. Exactly. Like you, you, that's not how it works. It, and I don't care what you are in this society. You can be a man, woman. You could be transgender, whatever, gender fluid, whatever the heck is going on nowadays, whatever. Mm -hmm. End of the day, you will always be black first. That's always. what people will look for. That is the first thing people notice. There you go. And and you got rights just like everybody else. And if they are infringed, then there's a problem. If, especially if they're infringed because you're black. But end of the day, you gotta just be careful because some people won't let you come back. Exactly. That's true. And and it people remember being betrayed a lot more than they remember the good things that you've done. Unfortunately. There you go. That's that well said. Well said. I mean, I've, I've been feeling like that for a good long minute. I know this is my platform. I'm trying to word my, phrase my, my thoughts as politically as I can, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but on that, on the uh, topic of accountability, you know, especially in our culture sometimes, you got some women that claim that there are no black men willing to protect them. Do you think they should be the ones to arm and protect themselves if they feel like that? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm Real quick, I'm going to just say this. I taught my daughter uh, to arm and protect herself and not depend on another man for anything uh, but companionship. So, um, you know, yeah, you can't... It, I mean, if a, if a man is around, 
uh, you know, well, even nowadays, you don't even know, you may be protecting somebody that, you know, you don't even know the whole story. So, I mean, I always tell anybody, I say, protect yourself. You know, don't depend, even the police, don't even protect, uh, don't uh, depend on the, the police to protect you because although they may have that, that, thing on their um that on their badge says to protect and serve um you know no police shows up uh until after the crime has uh occurred the police do not show up before the crime has occurred so um it is up to you to defend yourself until help arrives you know unless you can afford a uh a bodyguard, which most people can't. So my thing is this, if you cannot afford a bodyguard, then you have to protect yourself until uh, help uh, comes or, you know, or you're gonna have to suffer the subsequences of what's gonna be happening to you. So protect yourself before anything. I don't care, man or woman, um, you know, protect yourself first. And I'm, uh, I'm glad you said that because there's been multiple instances, I, whether it's, you know, anecdotal stories I've heard about somebody's family member or even my own anecdotal personal experience. Uh, I'll never forget this one. I was at Aldi. Um, do you have Aldi's where you live at? Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, the whole setup where you got that little guardrail near the exit and you yep. got a guardrail near the entrance, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was an Aldi, was in a checkout area. All of a sudden heard this loud thud, like it was an audible thud. Like you know mm-hmm. when somebody gets pushed on the floor, that that smack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. And then I well actually before that I heard, stop, what are you doing? What are you doing? Thud. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Dude's walking towards the checkout area and he clearly looked like he was guilty, right? And what definitely sealed the fact that he was guilty was he jumped over that guardrail. Mm-hmm. Now, the younger version of me in my early 20s would have been like, yeah, I got to stop this dude. But the older version of me being in my 30s now, my 36, mm-hmm. I know for a fact that if I would have chased that dude down and he would have had a firearm, because this is way before I was carrying, right? Uh-huh. If he, if he would have had a firearm, I guarantee you, I would have probably been eating a couple of bullets. Oh, yeah. And, and with that mentality in mind, maybe it's just me, but I kind of find it harder to protect women that I don't know versus women that I do know. Because just like I thought at that moment, as soon as the police showed up and they were talking with her, her entire story changed. Mm. Made, it, made it seem like he wasn't the one that caused the issue. She forgot everything that happened. And I've heard similar stories to where a friend of mine's family member lost his life because he was actually trying to protect a woman from her boyfriend, mm-hmm. which I could probably link that back to my story because something tells me they were probably they probably had some type of intimate relationship going on where he feels like he could walk into her workplace, push her down on the floor and get away with it. But her, the man that was staying at this woman's house was acting up, threatening her, pushing her around. So his cousin, uh, my friend's cousin got involved and I think he ended up getting stabbed and bled out. Mm. And then when the police showed up, 
oh yeah, I don't know what happened. He wasn't hurting me. Everything's okay. So that man died for nothing. For nothing. While he was trying to do good. Unfortunately, man, that's that's a sad case there, man. But you know, even with myself, I mean, if it's not somebody that I know personally, or you know, my relative, hey, and if I don't know the whole story, you know, I may just try to break it up, you know. But I'm not gonna go out there and defend, you know, you know, not a, not unless I have to. I mean, now that person switches and, and, and is aggressive to me now you're talking about something different there uh, but I mean you never know in nowadays I know I know other stories like that where people have gotten killed uh, trying to defend somebody that they did not even know and you know domestic even when I was a military police officer you know we were always taught hey, one of the worst calls you could ever uh, go on is a domestic. Because you're never ever going to be, even when you go to a domestic, things are gonna change. And then they may stop being mad at each other, they're mad at you, you know, so. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I need to, I need to do this uh, episode on relationship retaliation, but, um, you know that that's just one of the hardest things to to deal with is the fact that the story is going to change because I mean I'm not saying this always happens with women it could happen with men too but the yeah. fact of the matter is you are changing the story in order to protect somebody who is clearly in the wrong yeah mm-hmm. and I I know my mentality my sign kind of sound cold but ultimately I've heard way too many stories to to even think about putting myself into a situation where I could potentially get killed for nothing. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the women that I worry about in my life, mainly number one being my daughter, and further down the hierarchy, you know, those are the ones I'm mainly concerned with. Right. If, right. If if I don't know you from Adam and you're coming up and you're telling me, you know, this dude is chasing you, okay, fine. If I get involved, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. if it's just like one of those situations to where there's a couple arguing and then I try and get like I would go willingly go out of my way to put myself to that situation. If I die, I don't have anybody to blame but myself. Right. But right. if it's a blatantly obvious situation to where, yeah, he's got he's basically forced his will on this woman. He's got her on the ground. He's grabbed her by her hair or whatever. Then yeah, obviously, I'm looking at getting involved and saying, okay, okay, let her go, dude. And if it escalates to the point where he's threatening me, then yeah. But if it's one of those couple spats or arguments or whatever, yeah, yeah, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> she 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 done been through that before, and she gonna continue going through it. Yeah, the the most I might do is call the police because it in today's society, it's real easy for a woman to start hitting on a man, and then you know everybody laughs at the man or continues to move on like it's the the average everyday norm but the minute that the man starts swinging on a woman or something then yeah now everybody starts changing the shades of color and saying okay yeah that dude's wrong as far as I'm concerned both people are wrong and that's why I'm more than more than easy calling the police Mm -hmm. despite the fact it's quote unquote taboo but you got a lot of people 
a lot of people out there that call the police for fun because they simply think that they, they weaponize the police. Right, right, unfortunately. Yeah, which, but that's how things are, so. And that, that's uh, that's one thing I definitely realize needs to change as well because you shouldn't be weaponizing the police. If you know that you've got issues with the person that you're with, you need to figure out those issues either with somebody, either with somebody that's certified to help both of y'all through these issues, or you just need to go ahead and separate from each other. It shouldn't be I need to call these people to put him down to control him, or I shouldn't, you know, I need to go ahead and strap up so I can take this girl out because she give me, she give me too much grief. It's like it should never even get to that point. Never. Just walk away. Pretty much. Just walk away. But yeah, I mean that's that's always been a taboo topic as far as I'm concerned with firearms and relationships or whatever. And I I definitely know the one that I plan on doing as far as relationship retaliation. I'm definitely going to cover the fact that this woman went on the dark web, which number one, the dark web is not exactly the easiest thing to navigate. You ain't got, you don't have anything like Google dark, you know, (laughs) The, the, the dark web is one of those things where you need a special browser, number one, and number two, you need to know exactly how you're navigating. Mm-hmm. Because it, I've heard stories about the dark web to where the the person that was online has somebody sending a message and they're like, that's a nice sweater you're wearing. 